never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that successfully contacted AAA for our broken down car in the Forgotten Realms. Unfortunately, they couldn't find us. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. How are you, man? Here. Uh, pretty good. How about you? Um, I'm all right. Um, as usual, the week is crazy. Um, summer's happening. So for some reason, everybody has everything to do right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like May is the busiest month of the year. For everyone. I really do. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because school's ending and you got graduations and all that nonsense going on, but I just literally feel like May is the busiest month. That was uh that was for me this March actually. Like I felt like every single weekend and like a lot of the weekdays there was just stuff going on constantly. And uh I just took my vacation like right at after uh March ended and it just felt so welcomed. But I think that's just because like my wife and kid both have their birthdays in March. <laughs> so that's at least like two big weekend days that are taken up and then uh then whatever else happens just adds to the madness. But I hear you. Sometimes, like, you get in that mode where just stuff gets way too busy um, to, like, an, an annoying extent, and uh, that's always the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, but luckily, uh, we do have Memorial Day coming up, so hopefully you get a chance to relax this weekend. I mean, I guess so, but working in law enforcement doesn't really give you a lot of holiday space. So oh, man. I pretty much have to work almost every holiday, which kind of sucks, but hey, that's... Well, sorry to hear that. I, I signed up for it, so... <laughs> but that's because, you know, parades exist and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, but hey, you know what you mean? You know, you got it. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's jump right in, man. Uh, we got uh, stuff to talk about. So what are you watching this week? Yeah, uh, I guess if we got stuff to talk about, that's good because I've really it's kind of funny. Like, I want to say I've watched and read nothing, but it's more of oh, one of those things sure. where the two like. TV series I'm watching right now is uh, Teen Wolf and uh, My Hero Academia, and both are pretty long. So it's like it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I watch stuff, but it's the same stuff I've been talking about like the last couple weeks. So I don't necessarily have anything new or super interesting. Um, and I always hate coming in empty handed, but it's just the way things go sometimes. Um, I don't know if you have anything cool or fun that you watched. Well, uh, we fit gold. The Goldberg series finale aired um, and that. Uh, that was interesting because it didn't feel like a series finale, but when you got to like the final like moments, the final like maybe three minutes of the show, it began to feel like a series finale. So 
it was kind of cool how they closed it, but I kind of feel like the way things happened behind the scenes the year before really made it difficult for them to find a good ending to the show. I appreciate what they attempted to do. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of all I have on that front. Um, nice. But when Goldberg's ended, uh, Hulu said that we're supposed to watch Modern Family next. Now, I've seen Modern Family but my son has not, and he was really enjoying Goldberg, so I was like, I want to give it a shot. So we watched the first episode of Modern Family, and he thought it was really funny. So now we're kind of cruising through Modern Family, and he says it's one of the best shows he's ever seen. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome, right? Um, so, yeah, obviously, like, you're doing rewatch stuff because, you know, writer strike and, you know, there's other stuff you want to check out. Um, I did watch Air. Um, this week. Oh, um, how was that? Yeah, the Michael Jordan, Air Jordan shoe movie. Um, so it was fantastic. Um, nice. It's not. It's now streaming, and if you're looking for it, where is it? It's on Amazon Prime. Um, but the the movie itself, because I would have loved to see it in the theaters, but I, it was a come and go in the theaters, like really fast. So now that it's streaming, yeah. check it out. Um, what I didn't realize. Now I expected. I knew this was going to be a movie more about Nike than about Michael Jordan. That's what my walked in with the assumption. And I knew it was about them creating the Air Jordan shoe. What I didn't realize is how centric it was to Michael Jordan. Um, the movie itself is ultimately the story of how Nike signed Michael Jordan for the shoe. Um, and the battle between Nike, Adidas, and Converse to get Michael Jordan as uh, to be signed. Um, and that's basically what the movie's about. It's nice. Really, really good. It's fantastic. Um, if you're a child of the 80s and 90s, you're going to go, oh, my God, I lived this. Like, this is amazing. Like, there's <laughs> so much stuff that you're just like, holy cow. Some stuff you knew, some stuff you didn't. There's name drops, there's product drop, like it's, you know, you're just like, holy crap, you know what I mean? Like you just kind of get yeah. excited watching it. It's really, really fun. It's really cool. Um, ben Affleck, Matt Damon are both great in the movie. Um, Viola Davis plays Jordan's mom. Um, Michael Jordan's not in the movie at all. Um, he, they use footage of him from like news footage or like footage from games, but he's not actually in the movie. Um, there's uh, a, Affleck was did an interview where he was talking about sitting down with Michael Jordan to say like, hey, this is the movie we're going to do. Um, what do you want us to what do you want to make sure we get correct? Like, what are the major players like who made this a big deal? Who was a part of the process of the shoe line and everything? And apparently Jordan did some name dropping in terms of make sure Phil Knight and make sure this guy and make sure this guy uh, making sure they get represented properly because they were big contributors to how it all went down. But Jordan said that um, his only the only request Michael Jordan had was Viola Davis plays his mom. Oh, crazy. And he's like, that's the only request I have is that Viola Davis plays my mom. So they had to basically rework the script to have a role worthy of Viola Davis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think the mom plays a heavier role than I think originally intended. I'd love to see what that original script looks like just because we learned that. Um, but yeah. it was it was Viola Davis was awesome. The movie was awesome. One of my favorite scenes, because um, I guess when they approached Viola Davis, she said, well, if I'm going to play Michael Jordan's mom, 
my husband is going to play Michael Jordan's dad. So the guy who plays Michael Jordan's dad in the movie is Viola Davis's husband. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh, Matt Damon goes to visit the Jordans um, to introduce himself. And he's like, hi, I'm whoever from Nike. Um, he talks to the dad first because the dad's out in the yard, working out in the driveway, look, working on the car, like hood up, working on something on the engine. And he introduces himself on like so-and-so from Nike. And the dad goes, here we go. <laughs> it, was the, it was the way the dad, he's like, okay, here we go. Um, nice. it, was, it was just a really funny scene. And then he starts talking to the dad and he's like, I'm not the one you're supposed to be talking to. And then mom came out. <laughs> nice. And the dad's like, you will let me know if you need me. And I'll be right here. Like, it was a really funny scene because the dad was just, it was like mom was very um, involved in Jordan's contracts and all that stuff. And the dad was just like, wanted to do right by his son, but also like, I'm going to let my wife handle this. She's got it. You know, nice. <laughs> it was a really, it was a really funny scene. Uh, but it was a very charming and heartwarming scene, too. Um, so, yeah, the movie's fantastic, dude. I really recommend watching it. It's great. Uh, Jason Bateman's awesome in it. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So um, if you get a chance. And it's not too long. It's actually a pretty – it's a normal-length movie. So it's just shot – just shy of two hours. So. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't know if it was going to be like a Wolf of Wall Street uh, scenario where it's just super long. But uh, no, I'm definitely interested in this one. I thought it looked awesome since I saw the trailer. I just I didn't realize it was already out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I watched this week was air. Um, that's like nice. the big new thing that I watched. Um, uh, obviously, like the one thing that I keep up with is Critical Role. I absolutely love that show. That's something I like watch throughout the week because of how long those episodes are. But uh, Critical Role um, this week starts their, um, as we record, actually, they start their um, new, like, once a month series, their Candela Obscura, which is that horror, um, that, like, turn-of-the-century horror, uh, gothic horror um, series, which that sounds nice. really cool. But because Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom released... Critical Role is doing a Legend of Zelda one shot, which I'm really kind of excited to kind of check out. Um, that sounds just awesome because Matt Mercer from Critical Role voices Ganon um, in Critical and the game Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> nice. But, but I'll tell you, in terms of things that I've been doing this week, my kid has been playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom nonstop. Of course, um, the game is <laughs> the game is gorgeous. If you played breath of the wild it's basically i feel like it's a it's definitely a direct sequel from breath of the wild because the graphics and art palette and all that stuff are the same but because of that it's like it's just expounded on it and the world just seems so much bigger but it's so cool it's really good i haven't had a chance to touch it because he's kind of been hogging it a little bit <laughs> um but watching him play has just been kind of a joy to just kind of sit and like just let him cruise through it and he's getting to that uh level of video game play where i don't have to make suggestions he knows what he's doing i don't even have to like maybe you should go over here and check nice. that thing out like you don't have to you know he's at the age that he can figure stuff out on his own and like dude i just checked dad you gotta see this like <laughs> you know nice uh, so yeah uh, so I, other than that, and I haven't had a chance to play a video game in a while, but I've been watching Legend of Zelda play and it's um, absolutely amazing. So awesome. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Um, you want to talk about the news if you didn't have anything else you watched or read? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Cool. 
All right, so news. So first off, um, HBO Max is now Max, officially. Um, <laughs> as of today, the day of the recording, this is May 23rd, which is, this is HBO Max day. Um, have you logged into your HBO Max yet today? I don't, I don't think I have today, no. Okay, so here's what I'm going to tell you. This is what I found out. Is first off, there is supposed to be no interruption to anyone who has an existing HBO Max account. You basically, it, everything will auto-populate. You will log in. All your stuff will be there. All your continue watching will be there. Everything's basically set and ready to go for you. The catch is that depending on the device you watch it on, you may have to download the Max app. Hmm. So you may have to re-download it. So what happened is, for me, is I was like, I wonder how this is going to work. So I turned on the TV, and I went to my apps. And this is a smart TV. So I go to my apps and I click HBO Max and it loads it and then it says HBO Max um, is no longer an available service or something. It gives you like a warning. So I closed it. I went to the apps section of my smart TV. I searched Max. I clicked download. I then clicked open and it opened up. Didn't have to log in. It literally went who's watching and I clicked my profile and it took me right to my screen with all my continue watchings ready to go. Nice. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> then I started exploring because it's technically a new app. It's laid out almost identical to the other HBO Max app, but they have all the Discovery Channel stuff on there. They have tabs for Discovery Channel. They have tabs for the Learning Channel. They have tabs for like all this other stuff that's being added, like CNN and that kind of stuff. Um, Harry Potter actually has a tab now. Um, it's called right. The Wizarding World, and you open it up, and all the Harry Potter movies are there, and all the Harry Potter specials and the reunion and all that stuff are all sitting there. Um, nice. You open up HBO. I'm sorry, not HBO. If you open up DC, uh, Shazam, Theory of the Gods dropped today. Um, oh, nice. So for streaming services, it's boom. It's like, hey, we're HBO Max is now Max, and here's Shazam. Um, so there's a lot of new content, a ton of new content. So it's worth opening up the app exploring it, seeing what's there, understanding, you know, if, if you're a user of this series, of this uh, app, you know, take a look at how they rearrange stuff. Um, I was looking through and I was kind of, I got to like the DC stuff and I'm just like scrolling and I'm seeing Justice League, but I'm not seeing Zack Snyder's and I freaked out and I'm like, no, 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 this is not what we do when we change. And then it's sure enough, Zack Snyder's Justice League is on there. So <laughs> awesome. That's good. I was like, no, 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 this is not how we suddenly screw Zack Snyder, you know, like, uh. <laughs> so yeah, no, everything seems to be there. Um, they said that they, uh, I, I had heard that Justice League, uh, the animated series and Justice League Unlimited were being removed when this app dropped, but they're still there. So I don't know what that rumor was about. Um, I think they're on Netflix right now, so I didn't know they if they were just going to have to share streaming rights for a bit or something like that. Maybe that's where that idea came from. They might. I don't know. But yeah, so the app um, is there today. So make sure you make sure you check it out. And like I said, I didn't have to do anything to log in. I literally downloaded it and boom, it just fired up. But nice. they said that only certain devices will require you to do that. So look at it that way. You know what I mean? If you're if it doesn't open up for you right away, download the new app and check. If it doesn't auto populate, auto update, download the app and fix it. So fair enough. <laughs> um, Netflix. 
has announced how they're going to handle password sharing. Did you see this? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. How much is a Netflix subscription right now? Do you know? Like uh, off the no. top of your head, do you know? <laughs> no, because okay. we share with someone, or, or someone shares with us. Oh, I of guess course, I of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Netflix is doing this. Um, <laughs> I want to say it's like 14 or 19 or something, if you're trying to Sounds get about it. Sounds about right. Or something like that. Netflix will now charge a price tag a month for password sharing. Netflix standard plan will let you add one non-household member to your plan, and it's a premium plan, and it'll let you add two of the same rate per additional household for $7.99 a month. So an additional $7.99 a month to add an out-of-household person, followed by an additional $7.99 for a second out-of-household person. So if you're buying your Netflix and supplying it to, like, your parents, you know, uh, grandma and grandpa, you guys want Netflix, here you go, or, you know, that kind of thing, or you're, like, the, the one nice family member that's going to buy everyone for the, fam for the family, you're going to be paying a lot. I just think that's – I'm surprised at how much they're charging, but they're trying to crack down on this. So, um, honestly, I think the answer to Netflix's problem is the um, – the limited users like Disney only allows certain number of devices can have the app. Right. You know, so it's like, Hey, you can use have seven devices, have the app only four can stream at once. And you're just like, Oh, okay. So that's, I think how Disney's figured it out. I think that's how HBO figured it out. I feel, you know what I mean? Like that's like some of these other streaming companies are like, we don't have problems with this. What's the deal? <laughs> yeah. um, and I think Netflix being the first, they had to learn from their own mistakes. And I think that I really feel like that should have been their fixes. We're only going to allow so many devices, but Hey, for me, the uh, Netflix stuff has been this Im impending because like I just said, like I don't have my own Netflix account. Somebody shares with me. I know. And I keep seeing, reports of like netflix is gonna be clamping down on this like you better watch out a lot of people are gonna lose their shared accounts and uh, i've been seeing stuff for like probably half a year just random like news reports and whatnot about this and nothing has happened yet like i'm still able to use my account so i'm just trying to ride it out <laughs> as long as i can right now but um yeah i don't know netflix in a weird way it's almost like Netflix has this weird built-in culture or tradition of sharing passwords. And they're kind of, uh, I get why they want to go against that, but then I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out and what everybody's reaction <laughs> is to this, you know, like yeah. I can't wait to log on to Twitter the day they actually decide to, uh, you know, put the clamp down on the situation and see everybody just lose their mind about it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> excuse me. All right. Let's talk about Powerpuff Girls. CW's Powerpuff Girls live action show is canceled. Yeah, I heard about this. Yep. No longer in development. Um, I only bring it up because it got canceled. I don't know if this is a writer strike thing or CW going, mm, we're kind of trying to get away from superhero stuff. And it seems like CW is quickly trying to get away from superhero stuff. They've kind of let the DC shows end and not renew, you know. So, um Kind of like, all right, well, we're done now. We're going to go on some other teen craziness romp for a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think they did what a lot of uh, companies do is where they had like they you had Arrow and the Flash and you had like, 
you know, Supergirl and stuff, and you had some real magic there. And so they kept making shows, and they were all good, but then at a certain point, you just... It was like oversaturation, where CW is just the DC network, and uh, over time, you know, like, certain shows might jump the shark or whatnot, and then people are less and less on board with them. So, um, I don't know, the CW had, like, a good decade of just, like, solid DC content that was coming out, so that's still pretty awesome. Like, we got probably... I don't know. We we got like a plethora of just like superhero content that was kind of unimaginable in decades past. So I actually think that's really cool. Like you kind of have to look back on it and how like I think you have to have a grateful attitude when it comes to uh, that whole situation. Um, as far as the Powerpuff Girl show, from what I've heard from like script uh, script leaks and stuff. It sounded like the show wasn't going to be that good. And I don't remember a lot of specifics, but I just remember stuff getting out and people just not being happy with how these characters were going to be portrayed and stuff. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if Powerpuff Girls needs to to have an, have a live action adaptation, but maybe that's just me. But I don't know. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I feel like we might have dodged a bullet there, but I don't know what your thoughts are on the Powerpuff thing, Drew. Because it was going to CW, I don't know if I really cared, to be honest. I right. Think, I think pending on where it went, like if it was on HBO, I was probably expected a little bit more of a grittiness to it. You know what I mean? A level of like, like oh, we're going to make it a little more adult and we're going to darken it up and we're going to try and be a little more edgy. I don't see that happening on CW. I think they were just trying to go for teen angst and like girl superheroes. Um, but then you run into factors of, all right, well, we got our girl superhero team, but the villain is a monkey. You know, like, <laughs> how did, like I, I think there's an issue of like, have we have we as a network jumped the shark and not the powerpuff girls is but you're trying to make a live action version of that series so um just well it's also like i don't know powerpuff girls was a cartoon cartoon and the people who are fans of powerpuff girls are fans of it because it's a cartoon so i don't think the fan base necessarily wants a live action version and uh it's just one of those things like i would rather see like a big epic like teen titans go-esque movie production of the Powerpuff Girls, you know, like movie budget Powerpuff Girls, like awesomeness. I'd rather see that than like a live action show. And that's just my personal take. But uh, no, I don't know. It's it's kind of was just a weird project. So I know we don't want to like drone on about the Powerpuff Girls situation all night, but uh, we really haven't talked about this story at all, you know, while it's been in development. Uh, I mean, it it basically was like, hey, this is a thing happening, and we talked about it that it's a thing happening, but now it's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, here's something that's happening. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger wants to make an old man Conan the Barbarian film. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I, you know, what? I didn't know about this, but that's great. I don't know if you are saying that's awesome, like that's the smartest thing you've ever heard. But honestly, this is, feels like one of the smartest things I've ever heard. In a world where we had an old man Logan movie, we had an old man Wolverine movie called Logan. Yeah. Um, and Schwarzenegger did Conan back in the day to see old man Conan still able to kick ass because of who he is. That just sounds amazing. Like what no. they do with that just sound like that, like do it. <laughs> let's just get this done um 
you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, I do think it sounds amazing. And I think you have Conan, which is a beloved, it's a beloved franchise within literature and comics and uh, all sorts of stuff. But it is like a beloved movie franchise from the 80s, from like a sweet spot in popular culture where everybody's gung-ho about sword and sorcery. And it's kind of this old, beloved, badass fantasy franchise and it's like with cg and what we can do with practical effects and stuff now i i feel like it's just why not do that you know it, it sounds amazing so yeah well he said that at the same time he announced that he was hired as netflix's chief action officer okay um no <laughs> one loves action as much as i do schwarzenegger said in a recent video <laughs> That's why I've accepted the big new job as Netflix's chief action officer. Um, I read the article, and I don't really know what this means. <laughs> right. Um, it sounds like Schwarzenegger, from the article, it sounds like Schwarzenegger is going to be involved with Netflix into bringing really good action movies to Netflix and exploring possibilities of making good action movies. I don't have a problem with this. I just thought it was funny. Like, we have to have an action officer. Um, for a studio. And I just was like, what does that mean? So to me, it sounds like it's going to be a combination of like, he's going to be a, the spokesman, like he's going to be the face of action projects on Netflix, but also he's going to have a hand in producing the content, the action content that Netflix creates from here on out. But my question is like, is Arnold known as a big like mastermind behind a lot of action movies and stuff it makes me wonder like when you think yeah. about action when, when you think about his action movie career it makes me wonder how much influence he had on certain projects like i don't think you know he was you know james cameron basically found him for terminator and then used him for obviously more terminator movies but i feel like that was more james cameron's baby as opposed to like schwarzenegger going well now we're going to go do Predator and now I'm going to go do, you know, Last Action Hero and I'm going to go do um, The Expendables or I'm going to go do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I wonder how much influence he had where he's like, did he become a big enough name to where he's like, you know what? I have an idea for an action movie. I think it'd be really cool. We need to do Total Recall. Like I was reading this book the other day. I think we should make this a movie. <laughs> or did someone approach Schwarzenegger for the role? You know, like, yeah. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. So. And I, I'm assuming it's the latter, but uh, since you mentioned The Expendables, I was actually feel uh, thinking that, like, Sylvester Stallone is probably actually the guy guy to get because he, like, you know, he, back in the day, he had, like, his creative impact on the movie Rocky, which won Best Picture, you know, and then he's gone on to be in so many projects, and he has, like, The Expendables, which is such a big name action franchise that he just kind of was like strong handed into existence. And I feel like if there's any of those classic eighties action, you know, personalities that I would want spearheading my action department, I would go for Sly Stallone over any of them personally, but that's just my sure. thoughts. Well, Stallone was in the predator, um, which is a good segue to an alien Third. versus predator anime exists. Oh, I saw this. <laughs> Uh, Schwarzenegger was in uh, the Predator, by the way. You said Stallone, but I knew it. Oh, meant, I did. My but, bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
My bad. Yeah, but keep going, keep going. An Alien versus Predator anime is supposedly complete, but Disney isn't releasing it. Disney yeah. apparently has finished an Alien vs. Predator anime series that's 10 episodes long, but the House of Mouse is keeping the series under lock and key. Um, I was kind of shocked to read this, and I, again, I don't know what this means. Is this a, we can't release this, or is this we're not releasing it yet because we have a timetable? Disney has said several times that they want to um, get into the anime game. Um they own both properties, um, Alien and Predator. Uh, they officially own Hulu, where a lot of anime already exists. And I have, a, and they have a Hulu Disney Plus combo app releasing later this year, which I'm really curious to how that functions with like an existing subscriber. Like I have the Disney Hulu bundle, right? So could I just get the Disney Hulu app when it, Con, comes out when it that when they release that and all the contents in one place and would they be saving this for that okay that's that's kind of cool it was the thought i had like is it going to be are we never going to see this thing is it going to be shelved permanently like stars uh star wars tours uh star wars detours um because i'm still waiting for that show to release um but you know what star wars detours is right I did at one point. Um, that's, I can't remember exactly what it was. Cartoon. But. It's the animated show that was put together by Seth Green and Matt Senreich, the guys who behind Robot Chicken. And it's Star. Oh right. It's Star Wars only. There's a there's a there's some trailers on uh, YouTube for it. Um, but the show's done. It's like apparently it's I don't know how many episodes is like a couple seasons I think are complete and it's just sitting on a shelf because Disney doesn't know what to do with it. Or whatever. And it was done. It was made while George Lucas was still in charge of Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping maybe that's something that can see the light of day at some point. But yeah, I think um, I don't know. I like your assessment of this Aliens and Predator anime where you're saying, like, maybe they're just shelving it for now. And maybe they're waiting for, like, are we going to have another Predator sequel come out and then they're going to release it? Like, are they waiting for the hype train to be at the right moment that they can just put this out and it's going to get the most traction. And uh, I hope that's the case because an animated anime or whatever style, just an animated alien versus predator movie sounds so epic and sounds like so much fun. And uh, I don't know, I hear the story and I kind of laugh because uh, I don't know who it is, but there's somebody I follow on Twitter who's just kind of uh, I think it's just a random person who like, comments on a lot of superhero movies and stuff but they reach retweeted an article about this alien versus predator anime existing but disney isn't releasing it and they retweeted it with the caption i will do whatever i have to to sneak into disney offices <laughs> and get a copy of this and then the picture they posted was uh uh, Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible on the, uh, you know, on the cables, like, wires, you know, yeah. right above the, yeah, <laughs> sneaking in. And I just thought that was so funny. But uh, that's kind of how I, I felt, too. I was like, man, I just want to see that so bad. So, well, it's funny because I'm not a big the Alien vs. Predator movies. I did not like I had real problems with them. But an anime sounds like the perfect place for something like that. Yeah. And I just think that sounds fantastic. Let's do it. You know, that's all that's going through my head is let's do it. You know? Yeah. Um, 
right, let's talk some sad news, which is a good segue into other stuff, shall we? All right. Yeah. So actor Ray Stevenson has passed away suddenly at the age of 58. Now, he's not a big, well-known actor. He's not one of those actors where, like, you know, we have to go, um, you know, like, uh, if Dustin Hoffman passed away, we'd be like, oh, my God, Dustin Hoffman died. You know what I mean? Like, right. De Niro or something like that. Ray Stevenson, he was 58. It was an all-of-a-sudden thing. Um, he played Volstagg in the Thor movies. He played the governor in the um, new RRR movie that just won some Oscars. Um, he played Gar Saxon in the, the Star Wars Rebels show. Um, but most recently, he plays Balin uh, Skull in the Ahsoka show that's about to drop. Yeah. He's the dark Jedi character in the trailer. And I really wonder what that means for the future of the Ahsoka show, the future of the character, all that stuff. There's very little released about what co- what the cause of death was. Um, I just was like, wow, I'm, it sucks. It's always sucks to lose an actor in the industry. I just, it seems very abrupt for a show that hasn't released yet and how that's going to play out. And I know there's a fix somewhere in a writer's room, but I was like, that kind of threw me for a loop. Like, holy cow, you know? Yeah. Um, so rest in peace, man. Um, the things I've seen you in, you were great. You know, I just, I look forward to seeing Ahsoka and the, what he brings to the table, but I was also looking forward to see this new dark character that we don't know a lot about. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out, you know? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like he's not, like you were mentioning, he's not like this huge, huge name where he's not like a household name, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah. But he, so he's not one of those people who's in the public eye so much that you would be able to get a sense of like, For example, the Ahsoka show, as it goes on, would he want his character to be recast and stuff like that? So that is a big thing to look at it. And you don't when something like this happens, like the studio obviously has to handle it tastefully and in a way that's going to honor um, the deceased actor. And I just feel like because he wasn't in the public eye a ton, we don't necessarily have a it's hard to say, you know, how he would want his character to go on and being portrayed. And uh, I think this is a interesting one because I feel like he's one of those people who he's not the biggest actor in the world, but he's in a lot of things that we know and love. And especially when it comes to the nerd world, like you were mentioning the MCU, like the Thor movies, as well as uh, all the appearances he's had in different star Wars projects. And it's kind of like, He's kind of one of those guys who maybe doesn't get un- enough attention, but he it, at the same time, he's like, some of your favorite things wouldn't be the same without his presence there. And uh, so, yeah, he'll definitely be missed. And uh, yeah, rest in peace. That's a yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, well, it's a good segue into Star Wars news. Um, also in sad Star Wars news, Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, the Star Wars Hotel, will close in September. <laughs> I heard about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was reading the articles. Uh, they're being very vague about why. Um, I. It sounds like it's money-related. Like The whole yep. thing is money-related. It sounds like it was basically too expensive for the average Star Wars fan. It's basically suited too much to the hyper-wealthy. Um, but the 
statement that was released by Disney Parks, uh, Star Wars Galactic Cruiser is one of our most creative projects ever and has been praised by our guests and recognized for setting a new bar for innovation and immersive entertainment. This premium book, um, bouquet experience gave us boutique experience gave us the opportunity to try new things on a smaller scale of 100 rooms. And as we prepare for its final voyage, we will take what we have learned to create future experiences that can reach more of our guests and fans. If you peel that back a little bit, it really does sound like it was a pricing thing. But yeah, what I like about it is it also makes it sound like it was an experiment. And they're like, it was, we were really pleased with the immersive entertainment that we provided. How do we scale that back and make it more available so all of our entertainment can be that immersive? Which makes me realize, even if it was a big experiment, hey, we succeeded. We like what we got, but we need to make this more um, accessible. Yeah, so that's how I, I think. Heard. Yeah, my and my I feel like, Drew, you probably know a lot more about this hotel than I do. But that's been my impression of it for the whole time is just accessibility has a huge impact here. And it's one of those things where I'm all for a hotel you can stay at and live action role play as a random Star Wars character all weekend. And you're in the midst of a star wars scenario with a bunch of like-minded people like that sounds awesome but the prices for this hotel were so crazy and it's one of those things where i do have some friends who are into larping and who would might be interested in this sort of thing but most of my friends who are interested in this sort of thing don't have the amount of money it takes to stay at this hotel and uh, it seemed to cater to a very well to do uh demographic and uh, i'm kind of curious how that demographic boils down when it comes to how many like ultra rich people are really into larping star wars characters and stuff but uh no it is interesting and i think if disney can scale it back and make a role-playing experience that's much more accessible to the average person i feel like that's the way to go um and i i kind of think about uh going to Universal and seeing the magical world of Harry Potter and seeing how like people can buy electronic wands that you can interact with various signs and stuff in that um, theme park, but it's not necessarily something you have to be like super rich to do, if that makes sense. And I wonder if there's like some more accessible solutions along those lines. I don't really know. Yeah, agreed. Well, we'll see um i'm excited to see i'm like what they did innovative the innovation of the park and all that stuff i'm really excited to see how it um plays out if you will like what's to come uh that said kathleen kennedy president of lucasfilm had some stuff to say about some new star wars projects coming and in kathleen kennedy's in the best way she always does she really told you nothing but i will read the quotes from the interview um, and you, we can take out what it was. Now, you remember me talking before, this is a few weeks ago, I talked about how one of my biggest problems with the sequel trilogy is I had no clue the entire time what the state of the galaxy was. Yeah. Like, there's a, even though on the surface it's supposed to be this action-adventure, fairy-tale, fantasy, science-fiction epic, you still understood in the original movies and the prequels what the state of the galaxy was. And I never really feel like I understood that in the sequel trilogy. So Kathleen Kennedy says the following. Well, as we move into future space, 
with this story is about 15 years outside of Sky Rise of Skywalker, obviously. We realize that post-war, post-First Order, Rise of the New Jedi Order, we left Episode Nine with Rey making a commitment to Luke Skywalker that she would rebuild the Jedi Order, and so here we are. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was just like, okay. Then she says... There are so many things we can do in streaming now we, where we do massive effects and we really increase the scale and size of these stories. And I certainly find myself personally looking at, well, what is the distinction that move that what is that distinction that movies something on the big screen versus the smaller screen? OK, um, <laughs> it's usually the intimacy of the character driven stories that you try to really push on the television space and then spectacle that you can preserve in the movie space. Yeah, I'm with you, Kathleen, on that one. Like, I get that. We've been talking a lot about going well into the past, and one of the things that's really knitting this all together, obviously, are the Jedi. What happened to the Jedi over time? How much, how like, sorry, much like history, how did the Jedi evolve? Okay. We start episode one with um, at the height of the Jedi, and we've heard the stories about what took place before. Um, I my concern because they talk about that prequel film that's going to be like twenty five thousand years prior to the movies is if you go too far back. I'm cons- if you don't, I feel like if you don't do the old Republic, in the sense that we all want you to do the old Republic. You're going to be so far detached from the films that it's going to like I think it's going to like kind of just fizzle around out there and no one's really going to pay attention to it. I I don't want that to happen. I don't necessarily see that happening. But she says a whole bunch, but she really told us nothing. And yeah. I just I just think it's interesting. But she's a master at not telling people things when it comes to these stories. So I'm kind of surprised, like, why are there so many Kathleen Kennedy interviews going on at the moment? Like, I feel like. It's been happening a lot. And to me, it's like Star Wars celebration just happened. So I feel like they would have given us most of the news then. And I don't know if she's doing like a weird form of like damage control, like things were announced and she's trying to further justify them or smooth out people's reactions or what it is. But to me, it almost feels like she's saying too much, but also nothing at all. And I don't know what your opinion on that is, Drew, but I don't know if it's like. I don't she know if they're just trying doing, to she keep... could be doing damage control, but if she is, I don't know what got released to make me go, what happened? But at the same time, she has this great knack of not telling us things, so, you know? Yeah, it's I, I'm just more confused. Like, I don't know <laughs> what these quotes and everything is like, what purpose it's serving. So that's like, I guess that's kind of what I'm the way I'm looking at it. Like, why? <laughs> why are we even being told this information? And is it just to keep? star wars in the uh cultural eye or something like i'm i'm really curious but uh yeah yeah, sounds good i guess (laughs) (laughs) right well that being said natalie portman is open to returning to star wars cool uh she said during a recent appearance for gc magazine um natalie portman responded to a question about possible returning to star wars she said i have no information on this no one has ever asked me to return but i'm open to it so I think that's cool, but where would you fit more of her in? <laughs> I don't 
no. Because <laughs> at first I was like, okay, sounds cool. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, where would we want to see more Padme? You know, I mean, like, are we going to be doing stuff between like the prequel episodes? I guess that's an option. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I really honestly have no idea. Um, however, um, someone who does know where things go is James Gunn, who's got to do casting for a Superman movie. There right. has been tons of casting news going on. This person's in runnings, this person's in runnings, all that stuff. And every now and then James Gunn pops his head out of the social media cloud and says, nope. Um, so all the Superman casting stuff has been uh, like, I feel like it all got silenced pretty fast. Um so, like, whatever James Gunn last said, I feel like it's all been silenced. However, James Gunn retweeted the following, and this is probably the last time I'm going to bring this up, that if it doesn't come from him, it's not true. So if you're listening to this, um, please, all the DC news, take with a grain of salt, unless it's coming directly from James Gunn himself. This is James Gunn's tweet. Um, he said, I'm getting barraged with bullshit DC rumors this morning. I'll just reiterate the general rule not to believe anything unless it comes from me or Peter, as in Peter Saffron. But unless it's especially, um, unless it's especially, God, this word, um, egregious, I'm going to slow down on calling shit out. Sorry, I know it's one of my favorite traditions. There are three reasons for this. One, <laughs> one, some people are making up lies to get attention from me or to get clicks, and I don't want to encourage that. Two, I've read 100 rumors this morning. One of them is half true. So I don't want to be used as a way for people to throw nonsense at the wall until something sticks. Three, I'm storyboarding Superman Legacy and I don't have time. Have a great day. <laughs> um, All right, then. So there it is. James Gunn says don't believe anything on the Internet, just as we do. Um, look, yeah, seriously, I, horse's I mouth. Going horse's mouth if it doesn't come from james gunn it's not true so when you know comic book resources or ign or like ign usually wouldn't post something like this but some of the other sites when they say this is happening if it's dc related and it's not coming from james gunn don't believe it uh, i can't speak <laughs> to the other properties but when it came to star wars that's how it was for me people were like people talked for years about the boba fett movie that never actually came what we ended up getting was a Boba Fett TV show, but it was long after Disney was like, Disney and Lucasfilm were like, it's not happening, it's not happening, it's not happening, no one's even, because they were even squashing it, like, no one's even talking about a Boba Fett show, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? For yeah. a long, long time. So, sometimes these rumors get started, and we know how the internet runs with them, so. <laughs> I haven't been trying, I've been trying not to spend a ton of time with uh, new James Gunn DCU rumors. Um, part of that's just because, like, I know it's so early. Like, he's he has to I architect know. together a universe, and it's so early. Like, the, the thought that they would already have casted Superman, I feel like, is so naive. And I feel like, I don't know if it's just people online who don't, like, know how long it would take to write all this stuff or outline like this whole universe and stuff, but it just seems like so crazy to think that they'd already have casting news. Um, but maybe there is little trickles of it that exists. But at the same time, I remember before uh, Batman V Superman came out, I got so into 
keeping up with every rumor and every little thing because I was so excited about that movie. But there's so much stuff that I probably read about back then that was just ended up being completely false. And uh, it got to the point where I remember the uh, guys at the uh, Superman homepage put something out where where they were like, at this point, Zack Snyder could share a picture of a dog of his dog and everybody would be claiming that that means that crypto is going to be in the movie because people are just right. clinging on every little thing that they could come up with any kind of speculate speculation with. Um, but at the same time, maybe as we get closer to like uh, this new Superman movie, I might start getting on the hype train. I've said it before in the past, but when a new Star Wars co- movie comes out, I usually don't get into the rumors as much beforehand because it's always like new characters, new planets, new situations that I don't necessarily know. And then after the Star Wars movie comes out, I'll spend years dissecting it and arguing about the philosophies of it with my friends and stuff. And with comic book movies, it's kind of the opposite because we have this like almost 100 year history of superheroes behind us where we can pick apart all the ways they've been portrayed in the comics and then look at the production art and the movie posters and everything leading up to the when the movie gets released. And in a weird way, I feel like comic book movies, like the speculation is part of the fun. And I feel like that might be a positive way to look at this new DCU James Gunn stuff is that everybody's getting in on that speculative rumor sort of fun already so that's how i'm gonna look at it and uh yeah that's my tangent for the night (laughs) sure um good tangent um that's a really good way to end the news if you will so just don't believe anything unless james gunn says it Uh, (laughs) uh so yeah let's end the news let's talk about the tonight's list um if you're down with that what do you think yeah let's go for it all right everybody we're gonna talk about tonight's list so we'll be right back peter and i are gonna roll the thing for the top five. Hi, right, Peter. Um, this was my list as an experiment, and I found it incredibly difficult, so my bad for choosing my own bad list. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I don't want to say it was a bad list. I was literally like, holy cow, what was I thinking? Um, so this list is movies... It was funny because I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, these are movies that win awards, but we're not talking about a movie like like Titanic won a whole bunch of awards at the Oscars. That's not what I'm referring to. These are movies where in the movie, a character gets an award. <laughs> yes. And I was like, wow, that could be so many. And I was and as I was doing like my short list, I'm like, that could be so many like sports movies combined with military movies combined with yep. some random stuff. It was all over the place, and it was such a bizarre, eclectic stuff. So I kind of decided to tackle this a different way. Um, I the It was like the spectrum was so big that I was like, wow, I basically said, pick your five favorite movies. <laughs> um, the spectrum was just too big. So I decided to look at it from a specific angle, and you'll see what I mean as I go through my list. Um, but a lot of these movies I feel like I don't have to talk a lot about because um, I've talked a lot about them before. Right. Um, so this could be a quick discussion. 
I don't know. What were your thoughts on the list? So the problem with this list is that <laughs> and you, you know what? As as long as we've been doing the show, it's great to know when we come up with lists that have problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem with this list is you can't Google it at all. You know, like when we've done other lists in the past and you can you can Google best disaster movies of all time and then you'll have links to a ton of blog posts where people have ranked their favorite disaster movies and sometimes you can use that to help brainstorming your own list a little bit and you can be like oh i forgot about twister or something and put that on your list but you can't google movies with awards in them because (laughs) all all that comes up is movies that have won awards so it was kind of an impossible task from the get-go but my (laughs) thing was there's two think about when i said let this sounds like a good idea (laughs) There's two things that I always have to abide by when it comes to movie-based lists on our show Mm -hmm. is the one thing is your DVD shelf or your Blu-ray shelf or whatever. You can always just look through the list of all the movies you own and you're just like, oh, yeah, that movie has an award in it somewhere and you write that down. The other rule I use... People don't have those shelves anymore, by the way. Just us. I most people listening to the show probably do. Um, and uh, the yeah. other rule that I, I go I was go talking by... to someone about how people don't have DVDs anymore. Weekend. <laughs> anyway, I have a massive collection. I love it. Anyway, uh, minimalism was a was a psyop. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, the <laughs> other rule I go by all the time is just the rule of top of the head. Like a lot of times, the first couple movies or whatever I think of for my lists. A lot of times those actually are my favorite because a lot of times it's like there's a reason why this was the first movie I thought of with an award in it. So I kind of used both of those techniques together to formulate my list. But uh, no, it's a pretty fun list and it's really uh, off the beaten path. So uh, this will be fun to get into. I have uh, one honorable mention, it's kind of a cheat, but I actually have an honorable mention in an impossible list like this. So I don't know if you have any. Oh, I have two. Oh, um, for sure. <laughs> so I don't know if I should do both of mine in a row. Uh, oh. Yeah, unfortunately, you're gonna have to do both in a row because of how we play because of how the rules work. They both are pretty quick. Um, the first one, I don't know if this is considered a cheat or not, but I went with the movie Role Models. And uh, the reason I went with it is because they play Lair, which is the live action role playing game. And uh, there's not really a prize, but there's the crown. And it's that sort of story. They had to take down the king and uh, they end up winning the crown at the end. And (laughs) what's that? So it should have been my pick. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) But that's like it was kind of a makeshift award, if you will. So that's why I went with that one. So. Good call. And that movie just made us all want to go LARPing. It really did. I was literally like, this movie's great. And who wants to do that in the park tomorrow? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, what's your next one? You're on next one. Oh, right. I have to do two in a row. <laughs> yeah. So this one's funny because while I was coming up with my short list, I asked my wife, do you know, do you know any movies with awards in them? And I was kind of expecting something along the lines of uh, this isn't an award, but uh, in Mean Girls, they have like, I think it's Mean Girls where they, where they talk about the spirit stick or no, wait, maybe that's Bring It On. Well, anyways, like in bring, bring It, it On. The spirit stick is Bring It On. 
Yeah, but but that's like and Bring It On actually has trophies and awards in it. I kind of wish I thought of that movie earlier. But I was expecting like kind of a her to rail off some deep cuts like that. But she didn't. She said, oh, the mask. And I was like, the mask. What are you talking about? And she was talking about the bit where uh, in the mask, Jim Carrey has this really short bit where he's uh, fighting some of the villains or whatever. And he holds up uh, an Oscar and then he starts doing the you love me. You really love me. You know, what's, and I was like, all right, the mask is an honorable mention. Now. You know, what's really funny is that's my honorable mention. Oh, that's hilarious. Like, like, I did not expect this to match. I honestly thought I was going to say the mask and you were going to go, what are you talking about? <laughs> How did you think of that? I, I don't know. It was one of the last ones that I wrote down and I was like, oh, wait, there's the scene in the mask where he gets the award. And it, it's but it's not a, a short or it's not really given him. It's like him making a joke about his acting performance and he just gets it. So it doesn't really even count, but it will count for an honorable mention. <laughs> oh, was it after was it after um, he was like the one guy was holding him up because he got shot and he was acting like he, he was going to die? Yeah. OK, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> they shoot him. He's in the cowboy outfit. They shoot him. Yeah. He's acting like he's going to die. And then he bleh, dies. And then he's and then you hear the clapping and he stands yeah. up and they hand him the Oscar from off screen. And he's like, you love me. You really love me. <laughs> that's so funny. But, yeah, that's what I asked my wife. And she's that's what she told me. And then she said, that's the only one I can think of. And I was like, no, that's actually really funny. I'm going to write that one down. So I There's can't another, believe we matched. There is another one I expect to match on. I just did not expect to match on the mask. That's hilarious. Um, so what's your so what's your first actual pick of the night? Yeah, so where do I want to start? Um, I guess I can do this one. It's uh, I don't want to say too goofy, but uh, I didn't think of it right away. But uh, the first one I wanted to go with was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because throughout the whole movie, all of the Hogwarts houses are competing for the House Cup, and that's why you know you have all those lines where somebody gets caught doing something wrong, and then it's like. 50 points from Gryffindor and it's the whole like there's this whole subplot of the movie about the Hogwarts houses competing to get the most points so one of them can win the house cup at the end and (laughs) looking back at it I don't know why the house cup was so important as opposed to uh the other crazy stuff that was going on with like the resurrection of Voldemort and stuff but it is what it is it's a movie about uh middle schoolers but uh that's what I went with um the fourth Harry Potter movie, The Goblet of Fire, also does have an award in it with the uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the trophy that's won uh, at the Triwizard Tournament. But the reason I picked uh, this one over the fourth movie is the way the fourth movie ends. I feel like spoiler alert, the uh, what happens to uh, Cedric Diggory, I think, really overshadows the whole Triwizard Tournament award plot. So I feel like uh, the Sorcerer's Stone focused a lot more on the award in that case. So, yeah. 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 I wasn't expecting Harry Potter, but that's cool. Um, (laughs) All right. So my first pick for the night is a Christmas story. It's it's an it's a major award. He won it. Oh, right. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) That's so good. It's I don't know. It's a major award. That's um, that's awesome. It was too good to not put that on my list. And I'm like, dude, a Christmas story. He won a major award. <laughs> so, 
That's so, hilarious. That's really all I have on that. It kind of made me laugh, and I'm like, no, that's going on there because I love that movie, and that's really funny. So, I I wish I would have thought that. I really that, feel that like this is more of a. Um, I really feel like this is more of a funny list than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah. All right, man. What do you got? I'm throwing it back to you. Okay, so my next one is. I think it counts as an award, but it is a bit of a cheat because it's not a trophy. But I went with the movie uh, School of Rock because right. you have Jack Black, you have uh, his students. They are competing in the Battle of the Bands. And uh, I believe the winner got a cash prize. I'm pretty sure that's what the prize was. So uh, it's not a trophy. It. It's not an award, but it, it technically is your award is a giant cash prize. So that's why I went with it. And uh, School of Rock, great movie. I love it. Um I've watched it way too many times, but I'm always down to watch it again, so <laughs> I guess I can leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, my next one, let me see what I'm going to talk about. I'll go with this one. Um, the next movie I'm going to talk about is Be Cool. Um, this is the unofficial sequel to Get Shorty. Um, ultimate, I mean, it really is the sequel to Get Shorty, but the way it was presented was like, it's like you could just watch it on its own if you didn't see Get Shorty. Um uh, Get Shorty is a movie about uh, John Travolta plays a hitman for the mob that's no longer he doesn't want to be part of the mob anymore. So but he, he wants to make movies because he has an idea for a movie. So he basically breaks into the movie business and becomes a producer and be cool. He's trying to get out of the movie business because he really likes music and he wants to get in the music industry. And he meets this singer who's like. She's like that up and coming wants to be a big famous singer, but she's like kind of locked into this weird contract with this club that she works at and all that stuff. And but she's a really good. So he works his mob angle to get her out of her contract, get her a music video, get her on stage with Steven Tyler playing with Aerosmith, get her to do this, so on and so on, like get her along the way, record an album and stuff. Um, the movie's really funny. I think it is a very underrated movie. At the end, she does win the Grammy for, like, Best New Artist or something like that. Um, but I really think as a whole, the movie's actually really good. Um, and I think it's under, I think it's overhated for some reason. Like, people just didn't like it. But I thought it was a lot of fun, especially if you, I, um, if you like to get shorty, I think you're really going to enjoy this. If you didn't see Get Shorty, you can watch this with no other, con no concept or anything of Get Shorty and just go into this going... This is a really fun movie and just enjoy it. And there's a lot of good, funny, like bits and one liners and moments. And it's I just thought it was great. So I don't know. Right. Have, you, have you seen this or no? I haven't seen this one. Um, I didn't know it was uh, hated at all, though. Um, For I some feel reason, like the reviews are just not good and people just didn't like it. And I'm like, what's not to like? This movie's a lot of fun. So huh. for some reason, I feel like it got hype back in the day, but it might have just been where I was in my life when it came out or something. I just was aware of sure. it, but um, no, I mean, it sounds cool. I just, I just haven't had the chance to watch this one. So gotcha. Uh, All right. Okay. So my next one, I actually went with uh, wreck it Ralph, the first one. Um, and you might be thinking, what's the award in that movie? And it's not any sort of trophy that's won in the game sugar rush. It's actually the metal in the game Heroes Duty, which is the uh, crazy first-person shooter game that Ralph goes into, and they're fighting cybugs, and it's definitely trying to ape 
like the style of like a Call of Duty or Halo sort of thing where you have <laughs> it's really like it's probably the most like Starship Troopers where you have all these badass space ma- Marines fighting these giant uh, cyborg bug characters. But the prize at the end of it is the the Heroes Duty Medal or whatever it's called. And it's Wreck-It Ralph wants to win that medal because he thinks if he can take that back to his own game, he'll start to actually get respect from uh fix it Felix and the other characters in his game because they kind of uh, weren't treating him too well because he was the villain. So I feel like this one's probably not the first movie you would think of, but uh, I love Wreck-It Ralph and uh, yeah, that's, that's my next pick. Yeah. All right. Well, my next pick, I'll, I'm going to go with the movie speed because (laughs) at the beginning of the movie, after they, uh, uh, after they rescued the hostages from the elevators, they went to uh, they got their awards for bravery. They, they right. got their medals. Um, I love speed. Um, and this was one that I was like, oh, yeah, the medal ceremony at the beginning of the movie. Speed. Let's do it. I love this movie. Um, so, yeah, speed. I don't have a lot more well, to say about it other than everyone should watch it because it's awesome. <laughs> so I don't know if it's considered an award, but I think it could be. But. Uh, Dennis Hopper's character won, or he made a bomb with uh, his watch that he had for being on the police force. Oh, that for was yeah, but that was a retirement gift because that was the whole plot of the thing that he made the bomb out of his retirement gift, and that's how they like it was a tip off to like if you guys can figure it out, you're gonna realize that I was a former bomb squad cop. Or whatever. Right, right. It was it was a retirement award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a retirement award. But yeah, no, just because, you know, they, they won awards in that movie. Anyway. Um, okay, so as far as, like, uh, bravery and medals and all that goes, uh, that leads really well into my next pick, which is uh, Forrest Gump. And uh, this can be yeah. really short, but he won the Congressional Medal of Honor. Yeah. Forrest Gump, an imbecile who goes in on the TV and makes a fool out of himself in front of the entire country. He won the Congressional Medal of Honor, and uh, that's why I picked this one. So Yeah, I thought heavily about Forrest Gump. That definitely crossed my mind when I was putting this list together, so it definitely made my short list. Uh, nice. But I hear you there, and that's a that's a really cool scene, too, when he wins it. Uh, as far as the movies on my list, this is one of the actual best ones. You know, like, I don't know if School of Rock holds a uh, candle to Forrest Gump when it comes <laughs> like just like actually acclaimed cinema but uh yeah (laughs) well actually acclaimed cinema is a good segue to mine because my next pick and i'll get it out of the way now is star wars right Um, they have the medal ceremony at the end of the movie the original film star wars episode four a new hope luke and han get their medals of bravery for destroying the death star and rescuing the princess and all that stuff and we still even today don't really know why chewie didn't get a medal um but they did have the <laughs> the medal award ceremony, so yeah, so, right on. And we talked we about ma- that, we uh, matched on to. this one. We What's did. That? We did. Yeah, we matched on this one, of course. And Drew, use you used this as an example last week, so of course it was on the top of my short list right away. And how yeah. can you not pick the original Star Wars for a yeah. list like this? So. So that yeah, ends awesome you. Stuff. That puts you at the end, and I didn't. You know what? I figured we might have matched on Star Wars, but then I, because I brought it up last week, I wasn't sure if like it would actually make your list. You're like, ah, that's too easy. I'm not going to write that down. <laughs> Which is really funny because my final pick of the night is the movie that wins all the awards, and that is Naked Gun, thirty three and a third. 
the movie takes right on. It's classic. about the uh, it's it's a classic, and it's the uh, um, hostage situation at the Oscars because the Mad Bomber is going to blow up the Oscars. So you get to see everyone win awards for all different things, and it's really funny because they make that joke about how there's 75 new categories. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, so the length so the length of the show is what it is, and they're adding the 75 new categories, and Mary Lou Retton wins the award for best female actress and i don't remember the name of her movie the movie but it's about the woman who's getting over the death of her cat set against the background of whatever war it was <laughs> like, oh hilarious yeah i haven't seen that movie in a while but some of the awards that they had in that sh- that movie were fantastic and actually the oscar the movie is really funny it's it's naked gun series is a classic old school slapstick um, old school writing kind of comedy in the vein of like airplane and stuff. If you've never seen the Naked Gun movies, but you've seen Airplane, you know what you're getting into watching those. Naked Gun 33 and a third being the last of those movies, it's yes, it's funny, but when you get to the Oscar moment where the, you find out the bomb is at the Oscars, all like I that's one of my favorite sequences just because I like movies, but the amount of celebrity cameos and all that stuff, it's it's really cool. Um, really yeah. fun moment in the movie, and yeah, they win all the awards in that movie. <laughs> so. And and that, uh, it also can't be understated that they also they believe the bomb is in one of the envelopes that uh yeah, the, that's, of, yeah. of the winners. So that's like the big thing is like which award is it going to be when they open the envelope and everything blows up. Um, one of my favorite parts of that whole sequence is uh I think it's um oh no, it's de- I'm not going to say what led up to this because I'm pretty sure I remember and I'm pretty sure it's inappropriate. But there's a moment where uh, Leslie Nielsen uh, has to puke and he pukes into one of the two one of the tubas in the orchestra pit because <laughs> you have the orchestra pit and Leslie yeah. Nielsen's like leaning over the stage puking directly down into the bell of uh the tuba player's tuba and then it goes to like close up of the tuba player's face and it's so slapstick it's such a visual gag that i can't give um i can't get do justice to on a audio podcast like this but just the look on the tuba player's face and the whole situation it's just like comedy gold uh i love that movie so that's a great one to uh bring up for this I'm list i'm surprised you didn't and that kind of blows my mind a little bit so it's what's funny is while we were doing our list right now i did think of it but i didn't think of it beforehand so i th- I, th- I did think of it before you said it but i just didn't think of it before we started recording tonight so and the only reason i didn't I made it last was because it wins all the awards. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or it has all the awards won. Um, all right. Well, that, like I said, I knew this was going to be a short discussion because of the, uh, because of how quick we could have gone through that. But in all seriousness, it's your pick next week, man. So what are we doing? What weird thing you're going to throw at me? <laughs> it is a little bit of a weird one, uh, but I think this is a fun topic. And uh, it's one of those things where, Every once in a while when you're talking to a friend or uh, something about movies, there's always like the aspect of movies that comes up where certain things hold up, certain things didn't hold up. And uh, that concept is a little bit weird to me because I feel like I grew up with bad special effects. Like so many of the movies I love have bad special effects. So I never looked at movies that way, but I thought it'd be fun to just do a list of 
your top five movies uh, that hold up and why. So we're obviously going to be talking about stuff probably from like yeah the 90s and decades before, but maybe some early 2000s stuff. But I just think it'd be fun to do like these are like some older movies that I just really think hold up and why. And maybe it's based on special effects. Maybe it's based on story content. There's a lot of different ways to look at this thing. But yeah. Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say about this. That's actually probably one of the coolest list ideas for our 250th episode. Um, <laughs> Is that next week? That's next week. Oh, hell so, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so Peter and I have been doing this show for 250 episodes, which is crazy to me. Um, so here we are hitting that 250 um, dot. And, the, uh, and that's kind of a cool idea for a list for that alone. Awesome. No. Um, just because we're talking about things that hold up, the podcast has been holding up. Let's talk about this, you know? Um, and w- what's funny about that, um, a little peek behind the curtain, is today is one of those days where I forgot I needed a list this week and had to come up with something last minute. And I it just <laughs> came to me. And uh, that's awesome that it worked out that way. So awesome. All right. Well, uh I feel like that's kind of it for tonight's episode. You ready to toss this in the can? Yeah, let's do it. All right, everybody, do us a favor and check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link, a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way it works. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Audible. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be releasing my fanfic about Baby Yoda going Super Saiyan. It's called Groku. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it's going to be a lot of groaning, and then it'll be, and on the next episode. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, absolutely. (laughs) At any rate, um, guys, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.